What about the FBI? I am the FBI. I know. Fuck you. Listening to Lost in Twin Peaks, a podcast for both first time and veteran viewers of Twin Peaks, the mystery series that ran for two seasons in the early 90s on ABC, followed by a feature film, and 25 years later, a limited series on Showtime. And at the time of this recording, who knows what after that? If you're a new listener who has just discovered this podcast and wants to know more, check out Episode Zero Show Format. The following week of Daily Podcast will cover Part 16, an episode of Season 3 aired on Showtime in 2017. The network used lines from each episode for titles, so Part 16 was also known as No Knock, No Doorbell. Although recorded for patrons back in 2018, I'm re-editing and representing this coverage, including some new sections, for public release beginning on December 17, 2022. You can also explore the illustrated companion that's published on my site, lostinthemovies.com, goes up this morning at 8 a.m., so if you're listening to this earlier than that, the link in the show notes will be active at that point. This illustrated companion incorporates screenshots and other images to reflect stories, characters, events from the time, and so forth. In some cases, in greater detail than the podcast themselves. Here's the podcast work that I've published in the past week since the last welcome episode. My episode for the main Lost in the Movies feed came out this week a little late, It was supposed to come out last week, but Lost in Twin Peaks was keeping me pretty busy. So this episode was on Marie Antoinette, the 1938 version, old Hollywood uh, adaptation of that story. And then also on Patreon, I started releasing a big four-part episode. I released the first two parts. Uh, Focus is on the 2060s, although there's a lot of like 90s stuff in there too at a certain point and updates on my work and stuff I've been watching or listening to. And uh, the first episode climaxes with a review of the Jean-Luc Godard film Weekend. And then there was a 60s archive where I uh, grouped together, read, read a bunch of old uh, essays that I'd written on different 60s films. So you can check all that out. The 2000s one is coming out imminently. I think it'll be out after this episode today, but um, it will be out soon. I'm done with the work on it, so I'm just deciding whether I want to drop it on a Saturday you know, give people time to listen to it on their day off, or if I should wait till a Sunday or Monday when sometimes more people are, are paying attention or whatever. So I'm not sure yet, but uh, that episode's, uh, I'll, I'll discuss it in the next week since it's not quite out yet, probably. That's what I've been up to on other podcast uh, work. So let's move on to part 16. Today's podcast discusses Laura Palmer's presence in the episode, the feel of the episode, and the structure of the episode. But now it's gone, go
addiction to the Finally, for Laura Palmer, she is not in this episode. She's not mentioned in this episode. I suppose you could say she's conspicuously absent, given that this is like the Cooper recovery episode. And what does that say? We do have sort of a reflection of her with all of these female characters who are lost and struggling, but hanging on somehow. She's kind of the patron saint of that in Twin Peaks. Like, that is the Laura arc. That is the Laura concept. I guess you could say. But the difference being now that we're seeing women struggling with this, we're witnessing the struggle directly. We're not hearing about it or having it filtered through other characters the way Laura was on the original series. Um, so in that sense, it's very much related to the Laura of Firewalk With Me, where we witnessed that struggle firsthand. This episode felt pretty momentous when it aired for a few reasons. For one, we knew it was the penultimate night of Twin Peaks. There'd be a double episode airing the next week. And people felt like, okay, Cooper was in a coma. Something's going to happen. Something's finally going to happen. They've been saying this for, uh, let's see, 12 episodes, I think. Or 13, actually, because he goes, he comes into the Dougie body in part three. So people have been waiting forever. And finally, Cooper's revived. And it was just like ecstasy online, you know. Plus, what happens to Diane? We find out what's going on with her. And we find out. What's going on with Audrey? We see something's going on with her. We don't know what it is, but this clearly is a big twist in her development. So there were just at least three big things happening this episode that everybody was buzzing about. And I think people thought this is the best one. I, really, it was the Cooper thing, um, which is probably the one that I'm least interested in in terms of you know, what it brings to Twin Peaks and 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 its interest, its character development. I almost took the Cooper revival as a little bit of a parody. Uh, it felt over the top. There's a feeling of episode 16 about this, which is appropriate since this is part 16, but I'm referring to episode 16 of the original series, um, or, you know, episode 17 if you're watching it on Netflix, but the one where Leland is captured and he's put in the jail cell and he melts down and Bob is manifest and Cooper's explaining to everyone really excitingly what's going on. He has that vision in the roadhouse and it's just a fast paced energetic episode that also feels a little like silly in relation to some of the deeper stuff that's been going on. And part 16 read that way a little to me, but I took it, I didn't take it as much at face value. It felt like there was a bit of a wink in there at how easily Cooper pops up after all of this delay and just like, I'm Cooper, I'm here again. I'm the FBI giving everybody thumbs up. Uh, sort of super machismo action hero almost, you know, as he's racing off in the car. I'll drive Janie E, <laughs> you know, just that whole thing. I found it sort of hard to take seriously, but I think a lot of people did take it very seriously and were just over the moon and excited to see Cooper back. So it left me kind of wondering where this was all going to go. But that was the overall impression that people had from this episode. Now that said, for such an eventful episode, there were a lot of long pauses early on. Like it starts off fooling us into thinking what type of an episode it's going to be, where there's just these long breaks. And I forgot to mention, too, of course, we get a conclusion with Mr. C and Richard, a literally explosive conclusion there. But there's all these long silences as they're driving out there. Then there's Hutch and Chantel just waiting at the house, waiting for something to happen. But 
Even with all of this, and there's even a shot of Gordon staring at machinery, looking around as it buzzes. Even with all this, there's a sense of anticipation. This isn't the usual, like, Twin Peaks taking its time, where it's like, we're just in this moment forever. It's like, we're in this moment, but we know something's coming. We know something's coming. What's coming? What's he What's he holding back on us? You know, so there's there's that type of energy to it. Structurally, I found this interesting. Except for that last 10 minutes or so with Audrey... Every single scene we see in the film, every plot that's manifest is Cooper-related, either to Mr. C or to Dougie Cooper. Like, it all revolves around him this episode. We're done with all of those little subplots, for the most part. Uh, We do see Jerry, although even that ties into Cooper now. All of these, like, little universes off to the side, or little planets, I guess I should say, within the, the, the universe of Twin Peaks. This is the Cooper show, and this is THE Cooper episode. This is also the most organized episode, I would say, of the whole series, aside from probably part eight. Like, it feels like very clean and ordered and uh it doesn't feel like stitching together different things that could go some other place like all these storylines for the most part almost have to be here like he's telling a sort of a linear story from the beginning of the episode to the end there's basically four storylines that are all coming together here we have mr c and richard we have dougie in las vegas we have Uh, Diane and her telling the story to the FBI, and we have the Audrey scenario at the end. That's it. Just those four. And several of them are merging a little bit. We know the FBI and Vegas will come together very soon. There's no side subplots at all, except for Jerry, as I said, intersecting. That's it for this episode. Please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. You can support this work on patreon.com slash lostinthemovies. Tomorrow, we continue with part 16, Out of Town. What's going on outside of Twin Peaks? The scenes, the storylines that occur, Las Vegas, South Dakota, and um, involving Mr. C. What's happening with all of those? 